Welcome, welcome all to the Pro Football Radio Podcast. This is your co-host, Jay Chima, with the pride and joy of Merrimack, New Hampshire, the Puma. Welcome uh, to the How you doing today? I'm doing good, man. Doing good. It's uh, It's been kind of quiet on the NFL free agency front a little bit after the first wave of all the, uh, all the, all the official signings that came out after the legal tampering window. But um, yeah. I just got to say, Jay, like, I, I feel like March Madness has filled that void of, like, the craziness of the lack of free agency right now because yep. I'm not the biggest college basketball fan. And I swear we're going to talk football. But the March Madness, like, the yeah. opening night, round of 32 has been fantastic. And I think I'm going to start becoming more of a college basketball fan, too. So my wife yeah. might hate me, but I, yeah. you know what? I, it was great. See, college basketball is such a interesting sport because Puma, I've never in my life been more bored than when I watch regular season college like basketball games because these these kids are struggling to get to the 40s and 50s some nights. Like I'm watching like Indiana versus Penn State like in the middle of January and these kids are having issues getting into the 50s and I'm like, oh God, this is why it sucks so bad. But overnight... Like the like the switch gets flipped, and then like when March Madness starts, everything goes out the window. Like people get crazy, upsets happen. It's just it's just a fascinating time of the year. So pretty much the regular season of college basketball is anytime Iowa plays another Big Ten school in regular college exactly. football. Is that that's exactly. okay. That's exactly. I'm getting it. Let's yeah. go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so my sister, my brother, actually made it out to that FDU versus Purdue game wow. on Friday night. Yeah, uh, in Columbus, Ohio last week. And, you know, they just went on a whim. I was like, yeah, man, listen, yeah, you go to this game, you'll have fun. Like, I'm not going to go to it. I'm not going to spend money and, like, sit there and watch Purdue absolutely annihilate FDU. Lo and behold, turns out that's the one game they go to, and that's the, that's the upset of the century, basically. <laughs> yep. Oh, man. That's wild. Too bad for Sis, though. She had that bet, and she cashed out. Mm-hmm. Rule number one. Well, well actually, never cash out. actually, some inside information. My brother actually convinced her to cash yeah. out. Yeah. Yes, in the group chat. As soon as <laughs> yeah. that lead changed, your I think yeah. your brother had mm-hmm. that text on hot standby, cash out, <laughs> all caps. As soon as that lead went away, the send yeah. button was hit. Yep. That guy. Damn it, Fawad. <laughs> Damn it. How you been doing? You been doing good, man? You doing good in yeah, Connecticut? You know? Living the dream, you know, we uh, we were supposed to have a snowpocalypse up here last week, and uh, mm-hmm. it was just a dusting. Uh, but no, it's good. It, it, you know, it's starting to warm up now. It's great. The time changed. So now, like, it's 5.30, 6 o'clock. The sun's still up around mm-hmm. here. So yep. it's great. It's a good time of the year. Yeah, sunset out here tonight was 7.45 p.m. Nice. Mm-hmm. It's coming soon, Puma. Sitting outside, a warm night, 80 degrees, 7 p.m. Drinks Chef's in your nice. hand. Oh, it's, it's just a beautiful mm-hmm. time. Beautiful time. All right, let's talk about some football, Puma. The yes. never-ending saga of Lamar Jackson is continuing, and here's the latest and greatest with that. Over the weekend, a report came out saying that Lamar Jackson is basically done with the Baltimore Ravens. He does not want to go back. And then also another tidbit of news came out that Lamar Jackson has now finally went out there and hired somebody to basically be his go-between him and teams. Problem is, this person he's hired is unverified, uh, basically has no credentials, and is not is not recognized by the union or the NFLPA to be able to negotiate on his behalf. So kind of an interesting dynamic happening in Baltimore right now. Um, 
everything that I'm seeing, you know, from from afar, it seems like this thing is going off the rails quickly, and not just on the Baltimore Ravens side, but now also on Lamar Jackson side as well. Um, some pretty erratic behavior, some pretty erratic decisions um, on on Lamar Jackson's part. So, you know, I, I, the question I want to ask you, Puma, is, you know, is it really done between Lamar Jackson and the Ravens? Because I feel like it's about to get there. I think we're already there, Jay. And and here's the thing, you know, this is kind of the benefit of having an agent, right? Is the agent is negotiating on your behalf because the team may love you, right? Like Steve Bashotti, you know, Harbaugh, they, they, you know, love Lamar Jackson. But when it comes time to paying up the money uh, for, for a contract, they are going to ding you on any opportunity that they can get to not give you the highest value of a contract. And, you know, that's, that's just a fact of business. And at least with the agent, it's more so business and it's not personal when you're Lamar Jackson or, or hell like Bobby Wagner, that's another player that negotiates for himself because he doesn't have an agent. When you are in that room facing down a Steve Bashotti and the general manager and Harbaugh, and they're dinging you on not winning, going far in the playoffs. You haven't played a full season the last two years, X, Y, Z, uh, you know, there's also been reports coming out that, you know, he might not be the most on-time person to meetings. He might not be the most on-time person wow. going, uh, you know, to the to the team playing when they're going on the road. So if they're bringing that up in negotiations mm-hmm. and you're Lamar Jackson, you are definitely going to feel a certain type of way about that. So that's why the agent is, in my opinion, so important in these negotiations uh, you know, yes, you're going to be paying out the agent a portion of your contract for whatever's negotiated. But the other aspect of things is it's, you know, it's literally the definition of business, not personal. In this case, it's personal for, for all parties involved. And you can just go to Lamar Jackson's Twitter page the last, you know, 72 to 96 hours where, you know, he's putting out there like, you know, not screenshots, but memes or gifts and i think today the one was every time i go on twitter i see this and it's a guy like with mud on his face just you know implying he's getting dragged through the mud uh you know he was quote tweeting adam schefter a couple of days ago about contract details and it's just when you start airing it out on social media in my opinion that's where you start losing the negotiation part especially if you know you're one of those teams that may or may not be interested in lamar let's say it's the New York Jets per se, right? Just for argument's sake, let's say the Jets are interested in this and you're seeing this play out on social media. Do you really want to sign him to a to a contract like that? The Jets on a football X's and O's would greatly, greatly benefit from having a Lamar Jackson on that team. But when it comes to negotiations and pay and you might hear these rumblings in the background about him inside the building in Baltimore, it's not going to help your cause. So I think having an agent that is verified and yeah. not me going in these negotiations. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it's so funny you bring that up because I didn't hear any of that. I didn't hear the fact that, you know, now we're starting to hear these little details coming out about Lamar Jackson's, um, you know, timeliness, but I guess it makes sense. I guess when you're negotiating and it's not going your way, then you're going to start hearing these things come out from the Raven side of things to make him look bad in the public perception. And I think that's interesting that it's coming out now because, that also probably lays the groundwork for the Ravens to move on from it and tell, and then basically tell the, the fan base, hey, listen, he wasn't a good quarterback anyways. He was basically late all the time, blah, blah, blah. So it, it's starting to go off the rails quickly. Now, the one thing I'm really intrigued by is the fact that we've heard no buzz between Lamar Jackson and another team. Now, 
we've heard speculation, you know, oh, Colts are in it, Falcons are in it, Patriots in it, blah, blah, blah. But no, like, definitive Adam Schefter, Ian Rapport kind of tweets saying, hey, listen, this team's kind of in on it. They've negotiated with him. They're talking to him, blah, blah. One or two things could be happening there. Either, you know, A, a lot of times these leaks come from agents, right? A lot of times the, the agents leak the stuff to the media to get a, a narrative out there. So maybe the fact that there is no agent is probably why we haven't heard. Or the second, more scary part of this is nobody wants Lamar Jackson. Or and it's hard for me one. to believe that. Well, wait till the after the draft. Is that the third one? No, the third <laughs> one's the C word. Collusion. Oh, the C word. Wrong C word, but still. Yes. In the NFL <laughs> landscape, the C word is that collusion is like the forbidden word in the NFL yeah. because. That well, let me ask you a question about that. Let me ask you a question about that. Let me ask you a question about the whole collusion thing because the way the way you say collusion, you make it seem like there's some devious, evil master plan by the owners that like sat down and kind of like hashed this out and and they're like, all right, listen, you can't do this. I don't think that happened. I, I truly believe this is just the NFL owners knowing where this is going and deep down realizing we probably shouldn't be making this. It's a feeling. It's not more of a collusion thing. It's more of a feeling they have about where this market's going and how they're going to suppress it. And that, I don't think that's collusion. I just think that's just sound business on their part. Right. I mean, I think in the letter of the law, it becomes collusion if there's ever like communication yeah, established like email between that, like Bashadi right? yeah. to Jerry Jones to the, you know, Woody Johnson to, you know, to the, the Spanos out in Los Angeles. Like when you have stuff like that, where you could, you know, prove that there's collusion. In this case in point, let's just assume everyone's just operating independently and they are mm-hmm. reading the room. And we've been banging this drum, Jay literally since Deshaun Watson signed that contract is the NFL owners are pissed at the Haslam family for doing what they did. And they're going to go back to square one and reset the market the way that contracts have always played out where it's never going to be fully guaranteed because of the hoops that they have to jump through to make money liquid for escrow and all that nonsense. And essentially it would be pieces of the pie that they're not going to be getting anymore. Um, so I'm with you on that. I don't honestly. I don't think it's collusion. I just think it's everyone has just read the room and they they just don't want to start giving out fully guaranteed contracts. And also, Jay, like you know, you have a guy, great talent. I'm not taking anything away from Lamar. He's one of, probably one of the best talents I've seen, in, you know, in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's it's great time of football when you can say that for Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, and Lamar Jackson. I'm not questioning his talent. What I am questioning is, are teams really going to part ways with two first-round draft picks, mortgage their future for a guy who has not, one, made it deep into the playoffs, and two, and more importantly, has not played a full season the last two years? And mm-hmm. third, just the optics of things, he probably could have come back last year. Yeah, he probably could have. chose not, not to. to. And that yeah. last game against the Bengals, he they didn't won that. go on the road trip. Mm-hmm. He stayed home. So yep. to me, that's the, the optics of that is is another big issue that the teams are probably having as well, too. Yeah. So let's move this forward a little bit and let's start, let's think about the timeline here. When do you think teams will start to actually negotiate with Lamar Jackson? And I think that probably is going to come after the NFL draft. I do believe a lot of teams are holding on to the fact that if they do get up two first round picks, it might as well be 2024 and 2025's first round picks instead of 2023. So that's number one. Uh, basically, I think it's going to be after the um, after the uh, the draft. Now, the other part of this is, what if what if it doesn't? What if Lamar doesn't want to go back? What if Lamar is digging into his heels and Lamar is that kind of cat? 
who kind of, I get this vibe, he's from South Florida, he feels like he's been wronged, like he, once he gets wronged, then what? L- let's say he gets wrong, he doesn't want to go back to, to the Ravens no more, but he doesn't have an offer from somebody else. How do you think that's going to p- play out? Oh, he's just going to levy on Bell himself at that point. I mean, that's that's. I think that's ultimately it's either he's going to have to sign that tenure uh, and, and swallow his pride and, and go back to Baltimore. Uh, so then that way, you know, his contract, you know, the tag isn't tolling and he, he actually gains a year towards free agency potentially. Um, or the other is he's just going to levy on Bell himself. And I think now at that point, you know, what happened with levy on Bell? Like, sure, he got that massive contract from the former you know, general manager of the Jets that was spending like a drunken sailor, uh, Mike McCagney, I believe, was spending like a drunken sailor, essentially trying to save his job, and he lost it. But that's that's how Le'Veon got paid. Uh, he played two games, and then he was hurt the rest of the year, and then we never heard from Le'Veon again until he did like the celebrity boxing thing. Um, I, I, I think it's – I, I, there's no in between, and I'm at a loss for words. I think it's either going to be Le'Veon Belling himself, or he signs mm-hmm. that tenure. And you know what? Like at this point, look at what Kirk Cousins did. He's the most yeah. bland quarterback I've ever seen, but he's gotten he got franchise tag. What was it? Two or three times in Washington, and then he signed that guaranteed deal with the Minnesota Vikings, and that contract is like the gift that keeps on giving. Mm-hmm. Apparently. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's the one, that's the one other smart way to play it. In my opinion is at least with the franchise tag, like it's guaranteed that year. Like, I, I don't know what else to tell you. Well, what if, what if he signs his, uh, his, um, tag, he shows up week one, pulls a hamstring and sits out for the rest of the year. I mean, at that point he's fully guaranteed. I mean, yep. he's still getting paid. He's getting paid yep. to just sit on the bench and you know, who's going to be that backup quarterback. I mean, it's Tyler Huntley, I guess, you know, there's some other guy we're going to talk about potentially. Like, I mean, <laughs> it's th- that would see to me, that would kind of be for, like must see TV for me. Like in, in that instance, I would love for hard knocks to be with Baltimore yeah. just for all of this playing out. Yeah. Well, you alluded to it, Puma, and you know I want to move this conversation forward. And you know, let's say the uh, the 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 relationship gets so bad between the Baltimore Ravens and and Lamar Jackson that he's basically gone next year. He's playing on the Indianapolis Colts. He's playing I don't know Atlanta Falcons somewhere. Where does that leave the Baltimore Ravens? And an interesting nugget came out of Cam Newton's pro day uh, was it yesterday or a couple of days ago now about how Cam Newton could be linked to the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, if you guys haven't heard or seen, Cam Newton went out and had a uh, pro day. He threw it down in Auburn at his uh, college. Uh, his brother was also a wide receiver there, so that's the reason why he was thrown. But he also wanted to show out for the NFL teams. All 32 teams were in attendance. And from what I see and what I, you know, what we can see through the highlights and everything flowing around social media, he looks all right. But then again, a lot of quarterbacks look all right. You in, better uh, look okay with throwing <laughs> yeah. around in shorts and cut off t- a T-shirt. Yeah. Well, with, Zach like, Wilson air conditioning. Zach Wilson looked really good as pro day as well, right? So the the thing here is though, I, and this is me watching Cam Newton from a, a different perspective because I watched him on a weekly basis with the Patriots in 2020. I kind of have a sense of how he can throw, how he looks, his throw mechanics, and I will say at his pro day a couple of days ago, he looked much smoother. Like I don't know if there's something with his shoulder that finally healed up. I don't know if he went through a rehab or whatever it was, 
But I, I could definitely tell his, his throwing motion was smoother. There's not that hitch anymore he had in New England. And I just felt like he was a better quarterback, uh, you know, at, at the pro day. Now, does that mean he's going to be able to read defenses? No. Does that mean he can go in and pick up a, uh, an offense? I, I, we can't, we can't, you know, dis, uh, discern that from the information we have at the pro day. So, you know, all I can say is from a purely throwing mechanics, he looked all right. Yeah, he looked all right. And, uh, but, you know, again, you, better look all right with no pass rush and uh you know the air conditioning in your favor and, and whatnot i mean i saw the tweet that was circulated around you know i kind of shy away from nfl rumors account just because they've been dragged a couple of times by uh by some of the the, the insiders and verified accounts but for argument's sake could he potentially fit in that offense yeah sure sure like yeah, okay. Like, I could see him, you know, attempting to throw the ball 10 yards down the field to Devin DuVernay. Um, do I think that's going to happen? No, because in my opinion, if you sign Cam Newton to that roster right now with Tyler Huntley and you still have Lamar Jackson waving in the wind, you might as well wave that white flag on Lamar Jackson. Like, mm-hmm. the, like if you're hell-bent on getting Lamar back in the building, like, you don't make that move unless Tyler Huntley, get, God forbid, like, gets hurt the first week of the season and you need a, you need a guy with a pulse back there to, to run an offense potentially. That to me is when you break glass in case of emergency. If we cross the Rubicon of, you know, Lamar pulling a Le'Veon Bell and Tyler Huntley getting hurt. Otherwise, I would yeah. not have that man in the building as of right now. If you are trying to get Lamar Jackson back on your team, yeah, I think Cam Newton at this stage of his career is more of a backup than an actual starter. I mean, that MVP year twenty was it. 15 is such a long time ago yeah and it's funny because he's only 32 33 years old and quarterbacks are playing into the 40s nowadays and rogers 39 knocking on 40 obviously tom brady's retired but he at 45 could still throw the football i just find it fascinating this guy at 32 who's a physical specimen does not have a job right now and, and i know we all cringe at Cam Newton, the way he talks, the way he, you know, sends his social media out. Because I cringed at that video. The what other are where he all these to... randos yeah, getting yeah, this yeah. job? I, mean, I, I cringed at that. I, I was like, what, what are you doing, dude? Like, what's wrong with you? But at the heart of his, you know, um, video, he doesn't make a good point. Like, let me be real about this for a second. Would you take Cam Newton or Sam Howell? Would you take Cam Newton or Baker Mayfield? Would you take Cam Newton and God, G- uh, who, who's a cold starter last year? Like, all I'm saying is, Cam Newton, I think there's a reason why the league isn't, you know, inviting him back into the fold. It's because of his personality, because of how big of a brand he is. I mean, he can't simply be a backup anymore, and and he he demands too much attention. And I do think he could probably still play football at a decent clip, much better than Sam Howell and whoever the Colts are rolling out there. I just think the league is shunning away from him because of his big personality. Yeah, I get by the personality aspect. Um, Another thing, too, is, I mean, he was getting, like, I think he had like back back to back seasons of like Liz Frank injuries. Mm-hmm. He's got well documented history of the shoulder issue, and I mean, you know, his style of play, like you know, he he's a, he's built like a brick shit house. So like you know, he's going to run, he's going to lower the shoulder. I mean, I, you know, Josh Allen, in my opinion, modeled his game after you know Cam Newton and how he played in his early years in in Carolina. But I mean, all those hits add up, and you know. I think this is also this is a byproduct. This is downstream of what happens is, okay. if you're a mobile quarterback, a lot of your game is, you know, relying on your feet and moving the pocket. 
like you're one, you know, step, you know, from a, you know, you're getting stepped on alignment by alignment and having another Liz Frank injury, like then what's going to happen. Um, mm-hmm. But the personality I could totally buy. I mean, Jay, you saw it front, you know, front row and center with New England. Like they cared more. About... Which he wasn't that bad, by the way. He wasn't that I bad. Thought, I thought the outfits were muted. Like I didn't yeah. think they were that bad yeah. either. But I mean, Boston radio, that's all it was, was Cam's <laughs> outfit. And then him bouncing the ball and, you know, five yards in front of a guy that's running a 10 yard, you know, out route. Like that's, yeah. that's all they cared about. And, you know, let's, like I said, if, if I'm the Ravens, for you know, like you said, dude with such a big personality, and you have Lamar with a big personality, and they both have big egos. Like that, th- that that's not going. That's not going to work. Yeah, like that is if, break glass in case of emergency. Cam would be the perfect backup to somebody like Jordan Love right now, because Jordan mm. Love is going into his first season starting as a as a real quarterback, basically starting quarterback one. But you know, it's one of those things where you need somebody like Cam Newton in the building, teach him along the way. His his their games kind of mirror a little bit. Jordan Love is obviously a better thrower of the football, but there was a time where Cam Newton can throw as well. Um, if if his personality and his ego allowed it, he'd be a great backup in in Kansas City. Uh, Chad Henney just retired, so there's a couple of good spots for him to go. The problem is, I don't think his ego will allow him to be a backup quarterback in the NFL. Mm-hmm. No, I can buy that. I mean, just look at any look at the, the he sat down last year in an interview with the Pivot, and mm-hmm. you know he was getting into a debate with you know Channing Crowder about you know on my soul I'm the you know I'm yeah. better than the other 32 guy 31 guys in the NFL and it's like can we we no, saw not. what you did like yeah. okay yeah. great and then you you know you were with Carolina last year and sure you had that one game with three touchdowns on the ground what else did you do like nothing yeah. so although although I mean the closest us patriots have gone to beating the uh, have gone to actually be close to beating the Buffalo Bills was Cam Newton's second game up there in Buffalo. Remember that game where he was running in for a touchdown and fumbled the ball away? Mm-hmm. That's the closest we've gotten in any attempt to try to beat the Buffalo Bills since Tom Brady left us. So there's definitely some, there's definitely something there for Cam. The problem is I think everything off the field is just too much for an organization to to swallow. Yep. Uh, I can speaking buy of, Speaking of egos. <laughs> speaking of egos. Another never-ending saga, Jay. <laughs> This this Jay, this is the gift that keeps on. You know what? Living. Take 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 the lead, sir. I know you have a lot to say about Aaron Rodgers. You know what? Aaron Rodgers. So <laughs> we're bringing up AA Ron again because uh, you know last week we recorded it was a Tuesday and what was it? Was it you know, Wednesday friends with Pat Pat McAfee or yeah. Thursday? Wednesday yep. or Thursday? That's when uh, Aaron Rodgers went out on the Pat McAfee show and like four hundred thousand people tuned in to see Aaron Rodgers on there because everyone thought that we were getting like a, you know, like the decision, like LeBron's version of the decision of the NFL. And, uh, you you know, Aaron came out and said like, you know, this isn't decision day, but you know, I do intend to play for the New York jets uh, type of deal, but he gave us some behind the scenes look of, you know, how the season ended, you know, when he went in on his darkness retreat, he was like 90% retired uh, but when he came out, he was hearing all these rumblings about how, you know, the Packers want to move on from him. And that, you know, kind of reignited the fire because he's the most sensitive person I've ever <laughs> met or you know seen, I should say. Uh, 
And he was just talking about how Green Bay has done like former players wrong and he's mm-hmm. seen different regime changes and this general and something manager, shifted. Something <laughs> shifted in the front office. And yeah. Jay, it's just like if we're gonna take painful. it, like painful. you can't even take it at face value. And like this was just like him, in my opinion, taking like an AC one thirty gunship to the green Bay Packers and essentially said like, listen, like I want to play for the jets. And if you want to recoup any value, like you're going to have to get this deal done. But what I will say is I think this interview with Pat McAfee kind of maybe Mm -hmm. torpedoed whatever trade proposal that might've been agreed upon because Trey Wingo was the first one to report. Like when free agency started that a deal's done, Rogers is going to be a jet. Uh, but then it just got all quiet on the Western front because there was actually no formal announcement of what the compensation is. And then you started hearing about how the Packers wanted like two first. They essentially wanted what the Lions got for Matthew Stafford. Mm-hmm. And you can't really compare those because, uh, you know, the Lions took on Jared Goff's contract. So, yeah, you're going to be giving up two first round picks at that point. Um my thing is when you come out and say you're 90% retired going into this darkness retreat, and mm-hmm. then you come out and you say, now I want to play football. If I'm the New York jets, I have zero desire to part ways with two first round draft picks. But if I'm the Packers and I know the jets now need a quarterback because they lost out on Derek Carr, they lost out on Jimmy Garoppolo. Mike white is now in South beach and Zach Wilson, you know, who knows what this guy is going to be. They need a quarterback at this point. So Packers think they have the Jets by the balls. This is just going to be a cluster, you know, a cluster of how are they going to get a deal done? And the Packers really have no rush to do this deal Mm -hmm. because they have up until September to pick up that 40 million, you know, option that's on his contract. Yeah, uh, you're you're spot on, Puma. The Jets need him in the building more than the Packers do. When you bring you're bringing in, you know, McCole Hardman, and you know you're trading with Elijah Moore, and you're bringing in talent left and right, Alan Lazard. You've got to be able to bring in Aaron Rodgers at the minimum somewhere in May when basically off-season workouts start happening. Oh, what was it? June, I believe, is when OTA start happening. So. I think the 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 actual you know in a perfect scenario the Jets would love to get him you know on the books you know in his build in their building before the draft just because then they have uh, some semblance of basically where the organization is going, but if not you can still wait till June. Now the Packers they can just sit back and be like yo we are okay man like we'll be here until September whatever you know whatever you gotta do go ahead and do it. Now the question I have for you Puma is is he worth a first round pick? Because I know, I know a lot of times, you know, the, the whole first round thing comes up with with you know Matt Stafford and his contract is a, is a big part of it. But I think at this advanced stage of Aaron Rodgers, like where where he's declining to, and, and I find it funny that people think that Aaron Rodgers can just go to New York and become Hall of Fame elite again. Dude, there's a good chance you could become Russell Wilson as well. We saw the decline happening last year. So you know, is he worth the first round? Absolutely not. No way in hell. No. I don't think he's worth the first round either. I mean, he didn't even throw, he didn't throw for 4,000 yards last season. I think that was like the first time in a while uh, that he didn't hit that mark. And I heard the stat, Jay, he didn't even throw for 300 yards in any game last year. And he he seemed like he was already out the door. You know, he's, you know, bitching about not having a rapport with the wide receivers. Well, you didn't show up to OTAs to, you know, get any semblance of a rapport with yeah. these rookie wide receivers, Jordan Love was taking those valuable snaps that he's going to be able to translate to being a starter this year, in my opinion. Um, but right now, like if I was the Jets, 
you know, and I was floating this to Jets fans, you know, prior to the Elijah Moore trade that went down. Like literally, I said this, and then the trade happened, and I was I was pissed. But <laughs> if I was if I was the Jets, I would just go to Green Bay and say, "Listen, I'll give you like I'll give you a conditional third round draft pick for, or fourth round draft pick, and if he hits like he plays this many snaps, you know, and he go, you guys get like a playoff seating, you make a wild card that becomes a third, you win an AFC Championship game, or you go to the AFC Championship game, it becomes a second, you win the Super Bowl, it's a first round draft pick, and you just like ladder the conditions in that in that type of order and i was going to say you give them a conditional fourth round draft pick or a third and you throw in elijah moore just to sweeten the deal i figure i feel like that would have been more of a fair trade than anything but then elijah moore gets shipped to cleveland for a second round draft pick that is being rumored to go green bay's way if a trade is to finally be you know, consummated between these two franchises, but absolutely not. Like this is not the Jared Goff, Matthew Stafford scenario where, you know, the Jets are going to have to eat a massive part of that contract. Like there's nope, like that's not the case. So if, if you're not taking on that contract, you know, you shouldn't be parting ways with the, you know, second round, you know, two first round picks. Yeah. Okay. All right. Speaking of now, sagas, Jay, Jay, yeah, real quick, I'm sorry. Is there yeah. like a chaos scenario where one day Aaron Rodgers just wakes up and says, you know, I'm tired of this back and forth and I'm just going to retire? Like, would you even put odds on that at all? No, Puma. $110 million over the next two years says he's going to be playing football for the next two years. People say it's only this year because it's 60 million guaranteed this year. I wouldn't be shocked if it's two years because 110 over two years, dude. Oh my God. Like we get it. Aaron Rodgers is enlightened and he thinks more beyond the normal man, but he's still like money is the universal language for all of us. So I think $110 million. Yeah. He's not going anywhere anytime soon. <laughs> yeah. I don't think it's going to happen either, but there, there are he's people gonna... floating that out there of, but what if he what if he does like the ultimate heel turn and says, actually, never mind, I'm not playing for the Jets? Um, yeah. that that would be the most Jetsian well, thing ever. Well, I, I'm I firmly believe he's not retiring this year. He's not gonna share a Hall of Fame day with with Tom Brady. Simply simply put, man, like he won't. He's just very arrogant. But I do think that he he's gotta go to the Jets. Or that's it because like the Packers ain't gonna don't want him back. Like I've never seen somebody. I was watching what's his face, uh, the Mark Murphy, the president of the Packers the other day. I've never seen somebody so damn happy <laughs> because since, to push Aaron Rodgers out the door. Like I, I would think that Robert Kraft, if you know Tom Brady's walking out the door, was probably not this happy. He probably was devastated. He probably didn't want to go outside and talk to the media for two or three weeks since it happened. Mark Mark Murphy was out there like yesterday and he was giggles, like smile, like, you know, basically ear to ear smile. It was absolutely hilarious. I've never seen somebody so happy in my whole life. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yep. What a yeah. time to be alive, Jay. Mm -hmm. All right. Sagas, sagas, sagas. The biggest saga, <laughs> the Dallas Cowboys saga. Um, they've made a couple of moves this offseason. They added Ronald Jones, uh, ex-Buccaneer, ex-Chief. They added Brandon Cooks, who's been on like his fifth team now. He seems to just get traded left and right. And they added Stephon Gilmore on defense. Looks like they're doing the best they can to shore up that defense and that team and that roster to make a deep playoff run next year. Puma, is this enough finally for Dak Prescott to get over the hump and win that Super Bowl? I mean, he's always had <laughs> weapons. I mean, yeah, yeah like the, in theory, this is enough, but like he's always had, 
in my opinion, weapons to get this job done. Um, you know, now it's like, okay, you all, he also lost his safety valve in Dalton Schultz. He's now a Houston Texan after he fumbled that bag horribly and misread mm-hmm. the market. Um, but yeah, I mean, adding, adding Brandon cooks, in my opinion, is going to be great on that offense because we saw what this offense looked like last year, uh, without Amari Cooper to be the legit number one wide receiver to take the heat off of CD lamb and, and Schultz and, you know, Michael Gallup when he was, when he was healthy. Uh, so when CD lamb was getting all that coverage, like that offense seemed to sputter a lot unless, you know, Tony Pollard got involved in the screenplay and took it to the house for 80 yards. Um, now you have Brandon cooks. Who's, you know, he's still got a lot in the tank. Uh, I'm going to probably be like the one guy on the Island that thinks Brandon cooks probably fits this offense a little bit better than Odell Beckham jr. I mean, you know, yeah, Brandon Cooks has like the durability question with the concussions and, and prior injury history. But, you know, Odell has two ACL, you know, you know, re- surgeries uh, that he's still trying to uh, to come back from from the Super, you know, one from the Super Bowl. And the other one was when he was with the Giants. Uh, so in my opinion, I think that the durability question kind of evens out. Um, I just think Brandon Cooks has a little bit more left in the tank. Uh, you know, no disrespect to Odell. I feel like Brandon Cooks might be the more team guy he's not going to bitch about not getting the ball enough in my opinion uh and he can stretch the field and open things up for cd lamb and, and michael gallup so i think it's going to be great gilmore uh shores up that secondary position so now you have gilmore who another guy i think has a lot left in the tank probably not like defensive player of the year in 2019 level but enough to be competent back there with you know uh with uh, with Diggs in the secondary who is a risk taker he's either going to get an interception or he's going to give up a, a touch, a bomb down the field for a touchdown. But I think they showed up the defense a lot with Gilmore. I like what they did on the offensive side of the football with cooks. I just want to see how Mike McCarthy's going to integrate all this since now he's calling the plays, but yeah, on paper, I think these guys, I mean, they won 12 games last year with the mix of Dak and Cooper rush. Let's assume Dak is healthy and he figures out the interception issue uh, to say these guys can't, you know, can get 14 wins. I don't think that's beyond the realm of possibility. I think these moves put them in the echelon of winning the NFC East. Well, I mean, that's never been, that's never been the argument, right? It's always been like, we know Dax can roll out there with 10, 11, 12 wins a year. It's all about getting over that hump and win that Super Bowl. But you know, that's, that's just basically where, where Dak lies. Now, the question I have for you, Puma is this Ronald Jones signing, this whole running back situation with the Dallas Cowboys. It's, it's not sitting well with me because it it makes no sense because on the face value, you let go of Zeke, but Tony Pollard it, it just went through what was a broken fibula, a broken leg, basically. He probably maybe might not be ready for the beginning of the training camp or maybe beginning of the beginning of the season. So you have real, you don't have you have any running backs on your roster. So why would you cut Zeke at that point? Were you just that fed up with him and his contract? Is that why you basically cut him? And then you brought in Ronald Jones, who let's be real, he'll pop up for a game or two here, but he's not somebody you can rely on. So, like this running back situation for the Dallas Cowboys screams they're going to take somebody in the draft they have to or else i mean you can't roll into you can't roll into next year with ronald jones on your roster and that's basically it right exactly and that's that's how i read the tea leaves as well too now off the top of my head i don't know where dallas is picking you know in the first i mean in the first round they're going to be towards the bottom because they, yeah. they you know they made the playoffs uh i don't know where they are in the second round like i don't think they're going to relive taking a running back in the first round but like would i look at dallas funny if for some reason, like Bijan Robinson fell to them in the second or the mm. third. 
I I would not look at them funny at all because that's where I think the draft pick might justify the player position at that point because it's you know it's a four year contract it's still like a rookie deal per se yeah. but there's no fifth year option and I mean I'm sorry Bijan Robinson is looks fantastic uh, you know on the backfield so and you know he's he's from Texas he he plays it he plays for the Longhorns so that would be a homecoming at that point. Uh, so I think that's what they're going to have to do because honestly, Jay, like Ronald Jones really did nothing in Tampa. Like he was yeah. always like the vaunted guy. Oh, he's going to take over the backfield and, you know, Leonard Fournette, you know, overweight and all, and you know, all the other baggage that went with him off the field. Like he still kept that job under Bruce Arians and then under Todd Bowles. And then I think Tampa Bay, either drafted somebody or they signed that undrafted free, you know, free agent uh, yeah. as like the third running back. So, uh, you know, Rojo's had his chance. I mean, he's going to get a bite at the apple clearly, but once, you know, Tony Pollard's ready to go and let's just assume they take Bijan Robinson, like, uh, you know, Ronald Jones best case might make the practice squad. Well, then don't forget Ronald Jones went to Kansas city and lost out to Isaiah Pacheco a seventh mm -hmm. round rookie. So I think the, the Cowboys are finally seeing that, you know what, we don't got to go out there and like pay Zeke all this money. That was a ridiculous, uh, you know, endeavor when they, when they actually paid him. So they're probably going to go out, draft somebody late. You can get Isaiah Pacheco in the seventh round, sixth round. I mean, running backs are so devalued in the NFL nowadays. I truthfully wouldn't even want them to draft Bijan Robinson. Like he's not going to be, no, no running back has ever gotten into the Super Bowl. Like, when's the last time a running back has gotten into the Super Bowl? Like, maybe back in the 80s, but not in today's day and age. Mm. It just doesn't happen. It's such a devalued position. So, if I'm them, just take somebody in the fifth, sixth round, and you'll be just fine. Yeah. Yeah. Now, how do you think it's going to work out with Mike McCarthy and all these new toys? Because that, to me, that's like the ultimate question. Like, if this was, yeah. you know, Kellen Moore, and I, I know I've had my own little peccadillos about Kellen Moore and the play calling. Sometimes, you know, looking back, I feel like Mike McCarthy might have bigfooted him a, a couple of times. But I feel like if, you know, Kellen Moore was still there with these new toys, that would have been a fun offense. I just don't have a whole lot of faith in Mike McCarthy. Well, didn't Mike McCarthy call plays for the Packers when they won the Super Bowl? Or was that somebody else? Uh, that was him. But... Yeah, you, know, you had a rod. Yeah, yeah, but but that's 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 the answer right there. It all comes back to the quarterback, bro. Like Kellmore wasn't bad last year, and Kellmore was the scapegoat for basically what happened in Dallas. It's it's listen. They had the Dallas Cowboys last year had a great team. They had a great defense. They had a good offense, and it's unfortunate that in a playoff game. You were the better team that day. The Dallas Cowboys were the better team against the San Francisco 49ers. The only issue was the quarterback for the 49ers and Brock Purdy was better than your quarterback. And that's simply why you lost that game. Like, it was it was there for them to take. It was not a high-scoring game. It was a low-scoring game. I think it comes back to Dak Prescott. He is who he is. Nine years in, we know he's not going to win a Super Bowl. Basically, you're you're stuck at his, at his beck and call at this point. This is why we've been saying for years they paid the wrong guy first. That's why you should have paid Dak first. Mm -hmm. draft a quarterback draft so, a quarterback so let's draft let's a quarterback let's fast forward let's say it doesn't pan out like they they fall short of the play you know they don't they, they don't win the super bowl hell they probably go back into the playoffs as a wild card team if you're jerry jones like in steven jones but really big daddy jerry jerry big jones daddy. is the uh general manager up there like at what point 
do you just cut bait on Dak? Like no. they had to have built that contract better than what they did with Zeke Elliott at this point. Um, cut bait now. Cut yeah. bait right now. I know it's aggressive, and I know it, it's not feasible. It's not going to happen because of all the money tied up in that contract. But let's be real. Jerry Jones doesn't have much time on this planet left. Every single time mm-hmm. I see him, he looks like he's aged another 10 years, right? And if he truly wants a Super Bowl, then he's got to understand Dak Prescott is not the guy. And I think deep down, deep down, he probably knows Dak Prescott's not the guy. He just don't want to admit it, right? Because um, that means he made a mistake. So if he really know, if he really knows that Dak's not the guy and his time on this earth is limited, cut bait now, man. Cut bait now. Go for Lamar Jackson, which probably won't happen. Ridiculous, right? But the thought process being like, you understand that you've got to make some moves at quarterback to win another Super Bowl. Yeah, no, and I'm trying to fig- you know, find his when they can get out from under his contract. And uh, friggin' internet's not working, but I mean, <laughs> it has to like, there's no way. I think after having the front row seats of how like the Z contract played out, because mm-hmm. Jake, correct me if I'm wrong, he signed that extension two years after. Zeke did right because yep. he got franchise tag, he got hurt, yep. and that's when the contract extension came out. Like they had to, like they have an out in 2024, so mm-hmm. essentially next season where yep. they can they can cut him. And I think it would be yikes! Like that's a giant cap hit. It's going to be 61 million dollars, but that's like the cheap. That's the cheapest of when you can do it, or like the you mm-hmm. know without it making a, a devastating effect. Because if they were to cut him right now. It's eighty nine million against the kid, like dead cap hit. So yeah, I mean, it really comes down to how pissed is Jerry Jones going to be if they don't win the Super Bowl. I'll be real with you. I don't think he cares anymore. I know he pretends he does. I don't think he cares either. But his nope. like his his franchise is making money hand over fist. They're the most valuable franchise on the planet, not just in North American sports. They've surpassed that the Cowboys have surpassed major soccer clubs overseas. I think he's happy. I think he loves the Super Bowl. I'm sure he does. But I bet you he loves that money more. Oh, he loves that money more. He's treating mm-hmm. the Dallas Cowboys like it's an ATM. When you're bigger than Paris Saint-Germain, Manchester United, you know, Real Madrid, Barcelona, like, who gives a shit? Like- and the, crazy, the crazy thing is those clubs are international clubs. The Dallas Cowboys are just a bunch of hillbillies in Texas. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's the crazy part. <laughs> He's not speaking for all of us. I love the great state of Texas. <laughs> Do you, though? Do you? <laughs> yeah, dude. San Antonio is awesome. I haven't been to Dallas yet. I think the next like round of aviation conferences is going to be yeah. in Dallas, Fort Worth, okay. and I really want to try to go to that one. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. I went there back in high school. Uh, we went to Fort Worth. Great stakes. Great stakes. Sick. Can't wait. The only problem is too damn hot down there. It's always too damn hot. Eh, trade off. It's all right. <laughs> F it. Um, anything else you want to get to, bro? Or you want to get out? No, of I think I think that's it. We we covered the saga of Aaron Rodgers, the gift that keeps on giving, and uh, you know we covered uh, Lamar Jackson. And honestly, Jay, real quick before we wrap. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hard knocks. We're gonna find out, you know, the coming months, like where hard knocks, hard knocks is going to be for training camp, and we should probably know about, you know, beginning of the season where like the in season hard knocks is going to be. Like for training camp, would you rather have the look of the New York Jets with Aaron Rodgers, assuming he's traded there, or do you want to see what life is like during preseason and 
and uh, up to the regular season kickoff with the Baltimore Ravens? Like, which one would you prefer? I would, in a perfect world, I would prefer. Can we get the New York Jets in season? That's yeah, that's kind of where I'm leaning to. Oh yeah, yeah. So if we get the New York Jets in season, oh my god, dude, give me that all day, every day. Because in preseason, you're kind of sheltered. You don't play that much as a starter, especially Aaron Rodgers caliber quarterback. You won't play in those preseason games. You won't get that much of a behind the scenes look. Plus the storylines in preseason hard knocks, it focuses on roster guys like like that are like never gonna make the roster bubble guys, right? People that don't really matter. But in season, give me the New York Jets, and then preseason, give me the Baltimore Ravens. Because I want to see how that leads up and ramps up to Lamar Jackson coming back um, and sign that extension. Yeah, that's where I'm at too. If for the preseason, uh, I want to see what life is like in Baltimore behind the scenes mm-hmm. with all that. Uh, but dude, if we could get the Jets for in season, my God, yeah. you know, let's say like they have like a two or three game losing streak, and you have like audio clips mm-hmm. of people calling into the fan, and then you have Aaron mm-hmm. Rodgers doing like passive aggressive stuff with Robert Sala. Oh my God, yeah. bro, give me a g- give me a Marlboro right now. I might need a cigarette just to you know come down off of this potential. I know, I know, it's uh, it's a little too early to say this, but I just got this nagging feeling that we might have a Russell Wilson Denver Broncos scenario on our hands, bro. Like, I know people just want to just want to plug them in into the fourth best odds in the AFC to win the Super Bowl. Like, you don't know how this is going to mesh. You don't know how he's going to look. You don't know if he's invested. He clearly seems to be halfway out to retirement. Could you imagine him showing up into New York, not really putting the time in, not really meshing with Robert Sala, and it all just goes haywire? Oh, my God. Now, that would be beautiful TV. Yes. Yes. HBO, if you're listening, give mm-hmm. us what we want. Baltimore mm-hmm. preseason, New York Jets during the in, the regular season. Yes, sir. All right. Jay, I got nothing left. Let's plug it up, brother. Let's call All it a right. day. So this episode of the pod and previous episodes of the Pro Football Radio Podcast can be found on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, wherever else you get your podcasts at. Also on Twitch, by the way. Forgot to mention those guys last week on the uh, the you know the plugging up stage of the pod. Uh, but Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, be sure to leave a five-star review. YouTube, be sure to subscribe to the page and hit the little bell notification so you'll be notified when we go live in instances like this. And let's be honest, Jay, at some point we're going to have an emergency podcast during the regular season, so definitely subscribe. Be ready for notifications of when we go live. Social media, Facebook and Instagram, Pro Football Radio Podcast. The Twitter machine, at PFR Podcast. Our handles are in the signature below. I'm on Twitter, Brando underscore Puma. Jay Chima, the captain of the ship on the ones and the twos, is at Jay Chima. Social media DMs are open. Hit us up, uh, especially with, uh, do you have any crazy Aaron Rodgers takes? Do you have any thoughts on Cam Newton going to Baltimore potentially if you're reading the tea leaves? Uh, Let us know what your thoughts are, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. The next time we're going to have an emergency podcast is when Lamar Jackson gets traded to New England Patriots. Uh, Here we fucking go. (laughs) See you guys Uh, next week. Via con Dios.